Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. This is your Styrian Grand Prix review in which we will discuss four wins on the bounce for Red Bull, 70 great laps out of 71 by Charles Leclerc, one Bottas spinning in the pit lane, and it's beginning to sound like that song with bottles. Um, and we'll discuss a few more things. My name is Adam Williams, I'm your host, and I am joined by Namesh, by Jimmy and Joe. We've got a big lineup after a big game of football. We'll get it out of the way. You're all happy with the England result against Germany, I take it? Well, you know, it is in fact now coming home. So, you know, official, it is officially coming home. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant that we beat the Germans as well, out of anybody. Uh, I, uh, you know, not to bring the war into this, but, you know. Um... <laughs> well, not to bring the war into this, you just brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move into Austria. All oh, right, that sounds <laughs> worse. Now we've got England and Germany out of our system. It was a, it wasn't the best race in the world, but I, I think I remember Joe saying to me that we'd got all of our good race juices out on France, so it was almost to be expected that the Styrian Grand Prix was never going to be a thriller. But there was still some interesting talking points, and we'll get into it. What would you rate it out of the race? Namesh, let's start with you. Um, I would give it like a six. I don't think there was too much interest in it. There wasn't too much of a spectacle. You can't really have like great races like last week's, you know, too often. Fair shout. We'll go with Joe. I saw you kind of thinking, oh, I, I, would, have a be- I would have a different answer. That's what your face told me. Now tell me with your mouth. What do you think? Uh, it's, a, it's a four, isn't it? I mean... Uh, it's below average, and you know I've got a thing about people saying below average things when they uh, when they say a number above five. But um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a four. That's um, what the face was about then. Pretty, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Pretty boring, um, but interesting talking points, I suppose. Like, there's a lot of interesting dynamics going on at least so and we will get into that but jimmy i'll just get a number off off you and be careful because joe's already shown what he thinks about numbers yeah so so from joe's sort of uh sort of one to ten ranking you know i would probably say that uh it'd probably be about a four as well to be fair um because there's a tendency to go sort of six but that's above average, and it wasn't above average, so I'll go a four. Exactly my yeah. point, Jimmy. <laughs> Maybe we could give it a six as a weekend um, of the overall package, but as races go, yeah, it was below average. Let's not get bogged down on numbers, though, because we have plenty to get into um, and plenty of different opinions this week, which is good for this Styrian Grand Prix. So let me just give you a bit of a race review. After a double header in Austria that kicked off the 2020 season, the Red Bull ring almost feels like an old friend to return to. And maybe that familiarity was a reason for the unspectacular race. Red Bull have certainly made a step forward with their straight line speed, leaving Mercedes behind. Max Verstappen was supreme all weekend, dominating in practice, storming to pole position in qualifying and walking away with it come race day. Mercedes had a weekend similar to that that they had in France. They weren't far from Red Bull, but they couldn't get close enough to challenge them. 
This is really putting them under pressure, leading to silly things like Valtteri Bottas spinning in the pit lane during practice. The spin gave the Finn a three-place grid penalty, which dropped him to fifth place after he originally qualified ahead of his teammate Hamilton. That meant that Verstappen and Hamilton started in front and drove off into the distance, as they usually do. Lando Norris's brilliant qualifying meant that he was in third position and a roadblock stopping Perez and Bottas getting away. Perez did get through on the first lap, but Norris swept back around the outside with a bold, audacious but brilliant move. The number two drivers eventually did get past Norris before Bottas capitalised on a slow Red Bull pit stop to take third position. Further back on lap one, Charles Leclerc was a little bit clumsy and drove into Pierre Gasly's rear wheel as they jostled for position coming out of turn one, causing arguably the biggest drama of the race as a helpless Gasly spun around some of his other competitors before retiring from the race. Leclerc had to pit immediately and then spent the rest of the race fighting his way back through the field with some great moves to finish 7th, just ahead of his teammate Carlos Sainz. Leclerc was arguably the entertainer this race. George Russell was the driver keeping most fans on the edge of their seats though as he looked on for his first points finish for Williams with genuinely good pace all weekend. Heartbreakingly though, engine troubles hit causing him to lose what would have been surely at least 8th or ninth place. There was no question who the winner though was. Max Verstappen extended his championship lead by a further 6 points after a brilliant win over Lewis Hamilton who took the fastest lap of the race. Round 1 of 2 in Austria goes to Red Bull. Fitting given that they own the circuit. So that's what happened in the race. Let's get into the awards for this Grand Prix weekend. Okay, so Jimmy, let's start with you. Who was your biggest winner of the Styrian Grand Prix? I know it's a bit obscure, but probably Lando Norris, I would say. I thought he drove a very good... <laughs> Everybody's laughing at me for the, the, the views at home. Um, no, I think um, I think Lando Norris drove a very good race, a sensible race, and he didn't, he didn't really do much but he was the best of the rest and he had uh yeah his pace was really good uh it's nice to see him sort of securing the best of the rest yeah it's it's an interesting one he did do brilliantly and because he's had such a good season fifth almost feels a bit standard for him now whereas maybe last year or the year before he'd be celebrating a fifth place so it says a lot about how well he's been doing this season so yeah i I see where you're going with Lando Norris. With me, I, I came up with Ferrari as my biggest winners. I know both of them, uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, they finished behind Lando Norris, but they indeed scored more points than McLaren. And after our conversations last week where Ferrari weren't too sure where their pace had gone, um, I'm not sure we were expecting. In fact, I don't... I think uh, Joe said in a prediction, I might be wrong, that Ferrari wouldn't be that strong just because of their straight line speed deficit. But other than Leclerc having a bit of a mad one on turn one, which we can talk about later, it was it was a solid showing and they actually improved their position from qualifying rather than going backwards, which is unusual uh, compared to other races this season. That's mine. We'll go to Namesh 
who was your biggest winner, mate? I think I still have to go with Red Bull. I think they're they're kind of pulling away now. Even though I know how, um, uh, Mercedes got the two and three, I think with uh, Verstappen staying in at first, it's just showing that they're going to carry on getting that first place. So all it takes now is for Perez to kind of break that. And this week, if it wasn't for Lando and how good he was with holding back Perez and Bottas, I feel like it was Perez's to take. And I think holding on to their lead is just as crucial as, you know, if they had done better or worse, it's just holding on is just as good. And and it was a strong showing from Red Bull, I think it's fair to say they had the fastest car this weekend. Um, and they'll be pleased because they're racing around the same circuit next weekend as well. So that should suit them, especially as it's their own circuit. You'd you'd hope they're good there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's probably the correct choice overall, Red Bull being the biggest winners, especially as they won the race for the fourth time on the bounce, as I said earlier. Joe, what about you? Have you got a different view? Uh, I actually agreed with uh, James over there. Um Lando Norris was my pick for the <laughs> biggest winner. Which is why you made the face, then. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was being all unique and everything, but <laughs> apparently not. No, I just think he's, uh, he's like turning what we thought was like maybe a bit of early season form into some real like consistency now. I mean, he's arguably been the most consistent driver on the grid um, so far this year. Um, he's doing so well. Is he? He's still ahead of Bottas in the championship, isn't he? Um, yes. I believe yeah. so. Yeah, um, he's doing so well, so consistent. Um, and you have to say at the moment he is carrying McLaren. You know, and I don't think any of us expected to be saying that when Daniel Ricciardo came into the team. Um, so, yeah, just really good performance from him. And you and I, over the last few uh, weeks have, and, and months to be fair, we, we've all always been kind of slow to get onto the Lando Norris hype train, haven't we? But I think mm-hmm. even we've been impressed by the way he's stepped up this season. I was always on that. I was always on the, the, the hype train. Well done, James. Yeah. No, I think we just think that George Russell is just like that a little bit better. Um, and I'm sure we'll get on to George Russell's exploits this weekend because they've certainly done that viewpoint no harm. But Lando's doing a stellar job of you know, it, keeping his own reputation very high. So I think he's the biggest winner this week. And you're only as good as your last race. Lando Norris, he's Mr. Consistent. I read a statistic that he's the only driver not to have caused any costs in terms of damage on the car this season. Um, mm-hmm. And also he's the only driver to have finished every race. So to have scored points in every race, sorry. So he's keeping up and he's doing a great job. Let's agree that Lando Norris is the biggest winner then on democracy. Well done, Lando Norris. But it's time to discuss the biggest loser. And for me, it had to be Pierre Gasly. He and Yuki Tsunoda both performed well in practice and qualifying um, with top 10 results. And they were looking strong to challenge for kind of those best of the rest positions. But... Gasly got hit by Charles Leclerc and then that that was the end of his race. So it almost felt like a missed opportunity for him because he's always maximising that Alpha Tauri. So it was a real shame, I thought, and 
I thought he was the biggest loser on merit or, or on that merit there. Um, but I'm sure we've got some different opinions. Maybe not. Um, I'd actually like to build on yours. Go for um, it, mate. Because I, I actually went for Alpha Tauri as a whole um, as the biggest loser this week. Because as you uh, rightly said, they were looking really quick all weekend. And they've come out of this weekend with one point. Um, and I think they probably expected to get a hatful. I, I expected them to. I thought they'd be right in there with McLaren and Ferrari this week. You know, even ahead of Ferrari from what we were seeing in qualifying. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be very disappointed to only get one point from this weekend. The good news for them, of course, is that they're not going to be... It's not going to be as long. Uh, it's not a long time for them to wait, if I can actually speak, until they can go around the same racetrack, admittedly on softer yeah. compounds and tyres, which could make mm -hmm. a difference next race out. But you'd imagine it's not too far away from the form for this for this weekend. So hopefully for Alpha Tauri and Pierre Gasly, they can make amends and, and show their true form and pace uh, in the race on Sunday coming up. Jimmy, what what was your biggest loser, or who was your biggest loser? Uh, I'm, go I'm going to stick with the McLaren theme and go for Ricardo, simply because he was in a brilliant position. He got past quite a few runners. He started 13th, not a very good qualifying. Um, he got a brilliant start, got up to 8th or 7th, I think. Um, and then, unfortunately for him, um, he had a uh, an engine power issue, Um yeah, it's a real shame because he had the the soft tire, the um, medium tires on. Sorry, um, so yeah, he would have been sitting pretty, but unfortunately, he couldn't get past Raikkonen. He sort of sat behind Raikkonen for the the rest of the sort of uh, race. You were looking like you agreed with that, Namesh. Is that the case? Yeah, I think he was one of the biggest losers, but I think the biggest has to be George Russell because I think he deserved uh, points at least. And he was there, but it just didn't work out. And I feel like it's justified to call him the biggest loser because it was... Of anyone who was hard done, I think he was the hardest done out of anyone else. Even when you think about the likes of Daniel Ricciardo, who, even though they had their issues, they did not deserve to be as high and as doing as well as George Russell was. So just the difference in how well he was doing to how much worse it became for him, I think he deserves to be the biggest loser. For the past two and a half years, we've seen George Russell outperform that Williams. And this weekend, he actually got 11th uh, in qualifying, but managed to get a top 10 start after Sonoda's penalty. So starting in 10th place, I, I think it was Joe that messaged me and said, I'm glad that we haven't jinxed him by saying that he would get in, into the points or something like that. So we we were all kind of low-key excited about it. And he was looking on for at least uh, probably 8th or ninth. Um, that's mm -hmm. probably a sensible place where he would have finished um, were it not for his engine issues. Now, an interesting point on Russell and Ricardo's engine issues. Um, that could give Mercedes reason to upgrade their engines on the basis of reliability something that honda engines had had done to them for the french grand prix and that actually also gave them 15 more 
brake horsepower, which doesn't sound a lot, but it is a lot when it, it comes down to those incremental gains. I'm not saying Mercedes can pull that much power and, and, and put it onto their engine, but who knows, maybe we'll see Mercedes put a, a new engine in there their cars on that point though um i think there was an interview with toto and they've said how mercedes have actually stopped developing the car now so i think it, that's the only that's one of the reasons why red bull is pulling ahead is because they're still continuing their development but since mercedes have stopped it's unlikely that they're going to do anything to the car i think they're kind of just trying to see out this year for next year so i, I don't know how likely that is it it does seem that the case that Toto Wolff's kind of given that idea and Red Bull are just snatching the opportunity whilst they can because they've had seven years where they haven't been able to t- challenge for that title. Um, it's, you almost are reminded of uh, BMW in 2008 because they were in the title fight up until about halfway through the season uh, but then they stopped developing the 2008 car to focus on the big regulation changes for 2009 and Robert Kubica he still stands by the fact that he could have been in that title fight or or have won mm-hmm. that title fight if BMW had kept up the development as uh, McLaren and Ferrari were doing certainly interesting talking points coming out from Toto Wolff's comments there and he didn't sound well either um, he, he had a bad throat it's like the pressure's getting to him Mm, indeed. No, um, let's move on. I know it might be difficult. Joe was still trying to think of this moments before we we came on to record. But Nimesh, let's go with you to begin with. What's your moment of the weekend? Oh, I think it has to be Lando Norris and his him taking back that third place. He because that meant that he could hold. He held it for eleven laps, I think, and it was long enough that when he pulled back he could secure his fifth place for the rest of the race and I think that's the kind of like that moment changed it for him or for the whole race because it secured his fifth place at least so it has to be him I think it was a fantastic move as well yeah diving around the outside is similar to what Alex Albon of course tried to do last year and didn't do <laughs> as well uh, Jimmy <laughs> What was your moment of the race? So my moment of the week is a bit of a quirky one. It's when the cars are in park Fermi at the end of the race. Um, and uh, instead of Inspector Vettel, it was Inspector Mick. And he went and had a quick look over the uh, the uh, McLaren that was next door to him, which I thought was quite funny. Well, yeah, I, was, I saw a tweet um, today about how Sebastian Vettel has about five adopted sons. Uh, with all the different F1 drivers, be that <laughs> Mick Schumacher, um, I think Charles Leclerc is probably another obvious one. Um, Lando Norris also, he seems to look after as well. It's it really, you saw quite a lot this weekend. Bits of the, the next generation taking advice from and 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 really interacting with the current champions uh, or 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 those that have already risen as the cream of the crop, be that Vettel, Hamilton or Alonso. There might be others, but those those are the three big ones, aren't they? The goats, if mm-hmm. you like. Um, but yeah, that, that was a really nice moment to see. Mine, just quickly before I throw it to Joe, was George Russell's brilliance, because despite him going out in that, that hard, 
or heartbreaking way, it was still great to see him outperforming that Williams and yeah, hopefully he can get some points next weekend. Uh, who knows? It might be something that I predict later on. I'm going to give it to Joe. What is your moment of the weekend? Or what was your? Unfortunately, Adam, I'm going to have to agree with you, which, uh, again, not good for both of us. But um, but <laughs> I do, if we're going to go for a very specific moment, I'd go when he stuck it just seven thousandth of a second off Q3. Um, oh, it was, I was distraught, I was. I really, I thought he had it. You could see on the sectors he was green, green, looking really good for Q3. Seven thousandths of a second. Um, but a great moment and a great effort for him to get so close. Um, and as you rightly say, he's brilliant all weekend. He was running seventh. And I said to you at the time, he was right on Alonso's gearbox. Um, you know, I think he would have got past him. And and Alonso really does respect George Russell. He he wrote mm-hmm. on the helmet uh, that he gave him a couple of races ago, future world champion. And yeah, yeah, they they were stood together at, at the sky pad mm-hmm. at some point in the weekend. I think it was Friday, kind of trading ideas and, and things like that. Fernando seems relaxed, and he also seems in really good form, but. So does George Russell. He did brilliant mm-hmm. this, brilliantly this weekend, despite the yeah. results. So, yeah, we'll give mm-hmm. it to George Russell for yeah. his brilliance. That that was not a specific moment. Well, Joe's given a specific moment, but yeah, I I think it's just an all round great weekend. So we got to give an award to him. Honorable mention time now, uh, Jimmy. What's your honorable mention for this weekend? I would probably say. Uh, Carlos Sainz, simply because he he drove a superb race um, and uh, he's really showing that um, he could potentially be a better driver than Leclerc. I know it's a big, bold statement, but I mean, he's really sticking it to them and he's just doing incredibly in a new car. Um, And yeah, superb race from his point of view. Yeah, I I agree with James. I think Sainz was my honourable mention as well. Um, And... I'm not quite sure about better than Leclerc, and I, I I know Adam doesn't think better than Leclerc. I love Carlos Sainz as well, but unless, yeah. unless I mean you've referred to him as the second best driver in F1, so uh, unless uh, Sainz is the best, I don't think you agree that he's better than him. <laughs> no, um, but no, he's he's done so well to come straight into that team and like be as good as Charlie's been there for three years. Especially Ferrari, which isn't the easiest team to come into, probably uh, I'd imagine. Um, so yeah, he's been really impressive, and this race showed, you know, demonstrated just how impressive he's been. Yeah, well, we I think we've spoken about Carlos Sainz's work rate in the past, and Ferrari have had to come up with things for him to do in the factory because he comes so often, and it, it's almost mm-hmm. unusual for a driver to be there that much. So that says a lot about that guy. Sorry, Namesh, you were going to say something. Probably your honourable mention. Yeah, and I was actually going to give it to Leclerc because if I'm incorrect, uh, he went down as low as 18th, didn't he, for this race? Mm -hmm. And he clawed his way back to 7th. And I feel like that is something that is worth a mention considering how far below. And like, unlike, say, Daniel Ricciardo, who also had an issue as well and wasn't able to make it up the ladder uh the standings 
to say that Leclerc was able to make it into the points and seventh, well, just one place behind Carlos, I think that deserves a shout because it's it's more impressive than anyone else, I think, to yeah. ride up that high. I think we've said, um, like, I think Adam said at the start, it was a brilliant 70 laps and those 70 laps do deserve a, a shout out. But, I mean, he won driver of the day and stuff and I know it, we didn't feel it was quite right that a driver that made a big mistake on the first lap should win driver of the day. I know they did a brilliant job making yeah. up for it and it was a brilliant drive to make up for it, but how can you be driver of the day when you... Messed yourself up. You know, when you, when you mess it yourself up. Um, and as, as I say, the only exception I'd say to that is Jensen Button in Canada 2011. You know, he made a bunch of mistakes and was driver of the day, undoubtedly. But it's an interesting one. And this is why our audience listen to us rather than just following whoever the driver of the day is. Because we have that honourable mention spot. It's perfect for mm-hmm. moments like this. Um, I... I've almost been convinced by Namesh that Leclerc's the one to go with. Um, but I'm just going to shout out Hamilton's incredible save. The camera just cut to him as at one mm. point in the race. It was fairly early on, and he was obviously right on the edge, pushing hard. And I believe it was uh, turn four. And he got his rear tyres on, on the on the gravel and... He looked like he'd nearly lost it, but mm-hmm. he just caught the car. It's a little yeah. thing, but I thought it can't go unnoticed. And I, I saw it, which says a lot, really. But, <laughs> right, time for the AJ on the line, line of the week. And I'm going to let Joe begin this segment. Um, It's just, it's a, it's a bit of a funny one. I saw a tweet mentioning it. I thought it was very funny. Basically, on around lap 20-ish, uh, Hamilton and Verstappen, back-to-back, um, started complaining about struggling. Um, you know, they said, oh, I can't, can't do this anymore. I'm struggling. It's, oh, it's impossible, um, while being 20 seconds ahead of the rest of the field. Um, it says a lot, in, doesn't it? In, in 20 laps. Um, I know I know Norris contributed a bit, keeping them behind, but it's a, it's a joke how much, how often they seem to just pull that gap to the rest of the field. Um, and I just find it funny that, you know, they're going about it in their own way and they're just focused on each other so much that they're struggling, but you're 20 seconds ahead of the rest of the field. You're not struggling. Come on, guys. They're... Not really humans, are they? That they're superior beings. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. They just, yeah, as I say, it's, it's every race at the moment. They're just absolute. Just the two of them. If those two get front row of the grid and get out of the first corner cleanly, you know they're just zooming off into the distance. And it, it got me thinking because some someone said that Hamilton's strength is consistency, which I agree with, uh, but. What is Verstappen's strength? Because I also feel like that is consistency now. Mm-hmm. And they're just both very complete drivers. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, Verstappen's always had the raw pace. You know, that's what's always been so impressive about him. But he's really becoming very consistent, you know, since the end of 2018. I think since that crash with Ocon in Brazil, he's been unbelievably consistent. So... All credit to him. Very good. Namesh, 
What's your rage on the line? Line of the week. Uh, my line of the week uh, has to be when George Russell had retired and when they brought his car back into the pit and as he was getting out, the rest of the team, they're all huddling around him saying, sorry, George, you know, as they should have. And I think it has to be George's, you know, uh, resilience, as he was saying, we'll get them next time. It shows his belief in the team and how he believes that they will get the points and it'll be a consistent beginning. And I think that has to be because as he got out, he started hugging everyone. And I think that shows some a good character in him. So I think that has to be the line of the week. And it's good for him to be showing his good character and, and team spirit just as he's trying to get a job at, at Mercedes, isn't it? So <laughs> that would be my cynical point of view. But yeah, it's great to see. And he's he's always been or he's always seemed to be that that type of team player and, and very mature. So a great shout by Namesh there. I'm just going to finish off with um, a dry bit of Finnish humour from Valtteri Bottas when he pulled out of the pit lane or pit box and then span around in the pit lane. He then said to his mechanic, how's the tyre warm-up? <laughs> um, having just span around and, and his mechanic was like, yeah, not so good. Giving the, the natural engineer answer, telling him straight. Um, yeah, I just found that amusing. But those are the AJ on the line lines of the week very good now i know it's the same track but it's going to be a little bit different the tires are going to be softer as i said it might rain i know we said that for last weekend but it might rain again i had a look at the forecast it's looking like a 60 percent chance of rain on sunday so it could but i'm going to ask for some predictions for this grand prix joe let's hear yours it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I think it would be easy to go with the same result, but we saw like in Silverstone last year, we got a very different result um, with the two tracks. So I'm going to go for this for a different result and say that Mercedes are going to gonna get a win. Um, I don't know particularly what I'm basing that on, um, but it... I think we're going to get some kind of fight back. Maybe the weather will come into it. We saw last time in Austria, for example, Lewis had a poor weekend the first time and a um, bit of rain pulled out one of the best qualifying laps I've ever seen. 1.2 seconds ahead of the field. Exactly. So maybe a bit of rain and he's on for another stunning performance. So that is your sensible prediction. Namesh, what's yours? Um, my... <laughs> Sensible, I think it's... I think it might not sound too sensible, but I think it's got to be that Lando will get a podium. I think he's been so consistent, and I think it's just one of those uh, situations where I think he'll be able to... Yeah, well, at the very least, I think he'll push for it, and maybe it'll be like uh, signs, because I know he's very good on the wets. So one of them will will push or get the podium. It seems feasible that Norris could get a podium. I, I wouldn't count it out. Um, I, I've kind of not thought about who's going to win. And I've said George Russell will get in the points next weekend. Yeah. And that's a sensible prediction rather than an outlandish one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Because we've seen the evidence that he can and he should. Um, 
and now I've jinxed him, so sorry about that, George. (laughs) On the contrary, if anything, this whole season so far has shown that it's just that much harder for him to get the points. So, could go either way, I think. No, absolutely right. And in terms of my bold prediction, I know that if I said this 12 months ago, many people would have rolled their eyes. Uh, But... I'm going to say that Valtteri Bottas is either going to get on pole position or win the race, as my bold prediction. It's not a bad shout. I remember, I think, I predicted for this race that Bottas was going to do well because it's historically been a very good track for him. He always seems fast around Austria. Um, So it's not a bad shout. Um, For my bold prediction... I'm going to go for an Alpha Tauri big points haul, possibly finishing fifth and sixth because they did look pacey. They didn't capitalise on it this weekend. So I'm going to predict that they're going to come back fighting, get and show the true potential of that car around the circuit. Turn that biggest loser uh, award into the biggest winner's award, yeah? Exactly, exactly. This this will be that would be the final bit of motivation they needed. There you are, Joe, always providing that motivation. And did you need to do a, a, a bold prediction, Namesh? So yeah, if if we just hear from you finally. Well, uh, I'm a very big proponent for Sergio Perez, and I think this will be his poll and possible win. I think it's his one to win. I don't, I don't, I okay. can't tell you why, but I think it's just like. I uh, I think it's just his now. He's he's got it. I know we've done the AJ on the line line of the week, but something that Joe said to me the other day that I I really liked and I I agreed with is when Sergio Perez is driving on tires, he has a different. It's almost as though he has a different compound. It's it's a compound harder than everyone else's, just because he's so good on the tires. So if he can start to the front. He can make whatever strategy work to to be consistent. And if it is going to be a wet-dry race, maybe that's what's going to be required. We saw he could do that in Turkey last year. So, who knows? Namesh might. But what you're saying there is, is I should have won AJ on the line line of the week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, and I should I should have a big trophy in my house now. It'll be on AJ on way. the line line of the week winner. Um, <laughs> yeah, I look forward to that. Last of all, we must... Congratulate Joe for that award that we didn't know we'd given him until now. I just want to say thank you again, Namesh. Thank you, Joe, for both sticking around with me until the bitter end. Um, thank you, Jimmy. Sorry that you couldn't stay, but you had technical issues. We've all had that. And thank you to England for beating Germany. You've been listening to the AJ on the Line podcast. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the Austrian Grand Prix. It's this weekend.